Let's go back to Northern Ireland for another mountain memory here on Manx Radio. The sun is shining again and the weather is looking pretty good for this TT week, but we're not racing. One man who has raced around the mountain circuit, he's won a few times around there as well, and of course on the Irish Nationals, is Ryan Fogg. Ryan, hello, how are you? How are things over there in Northern Ireland? Uh, we're pretty good, Chris. You know, everybody's in the same boat, you know, just with this virus that's going about that. Uh, hopefully things are on the turn now and, you know, we'll try and get back to a, a normal life pretty soon. But unlike other people who haven't been doing much or anything, you've been flat out, been trying to get hold of you for weeks. Well, you know, whenever you're a one-man band, there's there's that many jobs because the weather was good as and the uh, do around the house, you know, like painting, painting fences, car hose and uh, I've also jobs in the workshop, you know, I've started doing a little bit of paper blasting, so there's a few people that has been bringing bits and pieces to me to, you know, to have plastic, uh, you know, like old crankcases and things, you know, or they must be stuck in their workshop, uh, refurbishing or restoring old bikes. So, you know, it's good. <laughs> Business continues on and still building bikes for people and doing bits, etc. too. Yeah, even though we have no racing, yeah? Well, I've a couple of engines set out there that, you know, that were meant to be sorted, you know, for the start of the season, but, uh, whenever this kicked in, everything was kind of put in holes, you know, with no need for them as yet, you know, but ho hopefully things will start to free up and, you know, we'll maybe be able to do track days and things in the not too distant future. Isn't it bonkers the fact that we've had an absolute cracking weather-wise start to the season I mean, the Cooks down the Chandrigay, the Northwest would have been perfect, even Scarborough where you've won a few times as well. Isn't it daft that we've got this lovely weather and we can't do out? That's, that's always the way, but... You know, with, with just the, the way things are at the minute, uh, you know, the fact that the weather has been good and people are able to do, you know, jobs outside, it, it has made it a bit easier. You know, with the, with the current situation, if the weather had been, you know, if it had been in the middle of winter or whatever, it would have been, it would have been much worse. You know, if you can't go out and do jobs outside and, mm -hmm. you know, try and keep, keep yourself uh, occupied. So... From that point of view, yes, it's disappointing that the, the racing has, hasn't went ahead in the, you know, in the, in the weather we've had, but uh, it has made this whole lockdown a little bit more easy, you know, the fact that we can do little jobs out and about. So a five-time Duke Road Race champion, over 200 wins on the national scene around many circuits. You mentioned places like Ballybunion, but everywhere, really. I mean, Scaries, Killer Lane, Cookstown, that's your local circuit, you know, the Bush Road Races. All those circuits, mid-Antrim, I mean, I remember that ratio I had with Darren Lindsay a few years ago. That was with, with the late Darren Lindsay and that, that ratio and Darren and Darren going over the old start and finish straight with the bike absolutely sideways and stuff. I'm sure some pretty good memories there on the Irish scene for you. Yeah, yeah. For, for many years, you know, I've just been racing the, the, the length and breadth of Ireland. Uh, Scarborough, you know, or in the Isle of Man, like three times a year, you know, I've done the, the TT, the Southern 100, and then back for the... The, the Manx Grand Prix TT Classic, but uh, that, that particular race at Mid-Antrim, you know, because the, the whole focus was on Darn getting it crossed up, going across the lane. If you actually watch the footage again, my, uh, my rear set broke going over the lane as well, but nobody actually picked up on it uh, ah. because of the, you know, the scenes going on behind me. Richard Britton was stuck in the thick of that race as well. But uh, it's just, you know, it's one of those races that it's very lucky it didn't end in a disaster, both for myself and uh, Darren. You know, if it had been, if it had went another lap as, you know, as out of it, you know, but thankfully it just broke at the right time. 
I'm darn sad of. Let's look at the Manx Grand Prix. Taking a little venture over here in 1999. You've been here, obviously. You've been to the Isle of Man before that. But let, let, let's look back on that Manx Grand Prix. I mean, you, you think about how long ago. That was 21 years ago. It's unreal when you look at it like that there. It just seems like yesterday. Uh, that was my, my first year with uh, Winston McAdoo, McAdoo Racing. And, you know, Bob Jackson, as everyone knows, got seriously hurt at uh, Mid-Antrim in, in 98. And because of had a really good Ulster Grand Prix in 97, a good Northwest in 98, that brought me to the attention of Winston, you know. So uh, they decided that they were going to run again in 99. And they asked me if I would ride the, the bikes. And I'd never rode a four-stroke uh, race bike before in my life. You know, it was, it was any experience I had at that stage was on uh, two strokes. So it was a massive learning curve, you know, for me. And uh, get, getting to the, the Manx and, you know, trying to learn the circuit was still film away with the, you know, with the four strokes. But uh, luckily I was able to win the newcomers race and sort of, uh, it gave me the confidence and the motivation to keep pushing on to learn the, the four-stroke trade. I'm just looking at the newcomers' results on that. You've got Ryan Farquhar with the win, obviously, uh, about 40-odd uh, seconds, and Kenneth Munro second. Mark Parrott, no idea who he is. Then you've got Steve Rathbone, Phil Gilder, what a good rider as well. Uh, Dewan Bull, David Clark, there's loads of names on here as well, but my old mate Mark Parrott finished in second. But getting a Manx Grand Prix win, in the newcomers and then moving on to the senior Manx Grand Prix the next year, top step. Yeah, it was, it was you know, it was, it was something that I was proud of. And, uh, I was leading the junior in 2000 as well and we had a, a massive oil leak and, you know, I was very lucky to stay on. You know, if that hadn't happened, I was pretty confident that I could have had a, a double, but it wasn't meant to be, but everything came good then. It was actually run on the Saturday because the, the weather was, from memory, the weather was that bad on the Friday. They had to uh, postpone it to the Saturday. So the, the sun shone on the, on the Saturday and I was able to uh, win the, the Senior Manx Grand Prix. From memory, I think it was the second rider in Irish history to actually win the Senior Manx. Who was the first one? Can you remember? Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I remember at the time, but I'm not... I, I can't remember. That's all right. I can't remember either. It's an age thing. We were talking about wearing glasses before. I mean, it's an age thing. And then you went to move to the TT in 2001 and same situation we're in now. We didn't have the, we had the foot and mouth. And then you went to the TT and straight away, you, you, you're on the pipe, as you boys say over there, weren't you? Yeah, well, you know, it was, was disappointing in 2001 for everyone, really. You know, I come across that weekend and I raced at Jerby along with Shane Screen. Myself came across the Jerby Road circuit, yeah. No, the the Jerby, the short circuit. Oh, the, the airfield, the airfield, yeah. Yeah. So we we come across, uh, you know, and I done that there. What a good weekend's fun. And then as they uh, still with Winston McAdoo, then for the two thousand and two uh, TT, and I think uh, I think fourth was my best result in two thousand. To under 400, is that right? Fifth, uh, fifth in the 600 250, uh, seventh in the senior production 620, first 14th in the production, at uh, eighth in the 400 race, and 13th in the Formula One. And then right. moving on to 2004, a dream. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was 2003, I set a lap record in the Super mm. Sports 
Um, then, you know, I, 2004 was it started a complete disaster for me. I broke my scaphoid training on a quad bike and I missed the Cookstown and Tandler E, you know, over in the head of it. And went to the, the Northwest 200 on a brand new ZX10. That was the first year that the ZX10 came out. So not I only was uh, going to the Northwest with no bike fitness and not being fit, but I was at also a brand new bike that hadn't turned the wheel and, you know, trying to get that sort of, and we had uh, two brand new 600s as well. So it, 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 was, uh, it was a very difficult time for me because that, that same year I had I quit work and went full time racing. And at that, up to that point, I hadn't made any money, you know, and I, it, it just put, uh, you know, it just been um, all right as well. And, you know, financially, is under a lot of pressure. Uh, and physically, the whole, that whole season, because of, uh, I rode with a, a broken scaphoid the whole year, uh, it, it was difficult. But I went and uh, had a chat with the ferries on the, mm. uh, the morning of the, the production 600 race, and, and everything came good. Certainly did. That's kind of became a kind of tradition for you, didn't it, in the family? Just to pop down to the ferries and have a little word before every race. Well, when it worked once, you know, you, <laughs> something worked, don't break it, you know. So it, it was a that was a very special time for me. It was one of the highlights of my career, you know, starting on the podium along with uh, Bruce Hanstein and John McGuinness, you know, at two of two of the all-time great TT riders, you know, to win your first race and uh, have them stand beside you, you know, it does it makes it even more special. Your fastest lap is just shy of one thirty, one twenty nine point. What was it again? One twenty nine point. You'll know what it is, top of your head. I, I don't know exactly. I think ah. it's like one twenty nine point nine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had it all written down here, but then you see, with all the miracles of modern technology, you can do it these days. Uh, where are we here now? One hundred twenty nine point eight eight three, and that was set in twenty twenty ten. Was the last lap of the uh, production, or sorry, the Superstock race, where I was battling out with with Ian Hutchison? You know, probably one of the the best races I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I lost. We had a really pit slow uh, filler in the pits. I lost quite quite a lot of time in the pits, and um, then on the on the last lap, I come in behind. You know, quite a few back markers, and I lost a lot of time. You know, but. I'd be fairly confident had I had a clear lap, you know, the pace that I was setting it would have been I reckon would have been over 131, but it wasn't meant to be, you know, it was just one of those things. Uh, Ian he, he won the race fair and square, maybe by one point two seconds. Oh. At, at the time Paul's got it, but you know, you just have to take it in the chin. That was the year he won the five, wasn't it? So you could have stopped that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Doing it on a bike that I, I, I bought and mm. built myself, you know, something I was, I was proud of. So, like I say, it's probably one of my best uh, TT rides. A couple more questions. Obviously, a long association with Kawasaki, with Winston McAdoo, and of course, Kenny Harker as well. What a big character around the paddock too. He, he helped you a lot along the way, didn't he? Oh, Kenny was a, a massive, uh, he played a massive part in my career. He, he started helping me in uh, 1996. The, the company that he worked for, uh, Ewing Brothers, they they agreed to sponsor me. You know, I was the start of uh, my relationship there, riding a 250 Yamaha. Uh, it just happened by chance. One one Saturday morning, I had to get a, a, a photograph taken, you know, for the local paper. And I was asked to bring the bike 
to Kenny's house because he was just home from Spain and the lorry was available to get a photograph took of it. And I got on really well with him with a bit of crack and then he he started coming to the races and he enjoyed the crack and one thing he, he started buying me a few old tires and a set of leathers and before too long then he was buying me bikes you know he just loved it but he's just one of them characters he's just an ordinary hard-working fella and I uh, loved, loved being involved you know so I've had what uh, I think what about 12 or 13 seasons of, of good fun. You're the man behind the Kawasaki ER6 becoming from, well, I used to have one on the road, and a great little bike on the road, converting it from that to a racing bike. I mean, that has taken you so many hours in the shed. Well, it's not the shed, in your workshop, which is a pretty big workshop. I've seen pictures of it and that. But explain how that all come about. What made you think to yourself, do you know what? I can make this thing win. The, I think it was the winter of uh, 2008. The... The MCA had uh, made a statement that they were thinking of introducing a 650 twin class. So I went along to the meeting, and at that stage, uh, I proposed that the, you know, I liked the idea of it, and I proposed that they kept the bike standard to keep the, the cost down. But there was a few riders there that had uh, tuned uh, SV650s and the different forks in it and that there. So they agreed at that, uh, that meeting to leave it easier placed that uh, the only rule that would be in place would be the, the standard born stroke had to remain, pretty much anything else went. So I said, that's fine, you know, I, I'm going to build myself an ER6. And there, there's three or four guys at that meeting laughed at me. You know, the, I didn't know how competitive the bike was going to be. But I, 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 as soon as I left the meeting, I spoke to a guy called uh, Mike Johnson, who was the manager at Kawasaki UK at the time, and, uh, he was buying up for the idea, so he, he he sold me a bike at the right money and gave me a few bits and pieces, you know, to that I needed to convert it into a, a race bike, which at the time was it was a massive undertaking because any company that I rang, you know, looking even simple things like rear sets or uh, bodywork. Nobody had ever heard of one. Nobody had, you know, ever thought that, you know, the, these bikes would be turned into race bikes. So I had to start pretty much adapting a lot of ZX10 parts that I had in the workshop and went and we won the first race at Cookstown. Uh, and it just come on leaps and bounds from there, really. And, uh, it's, another, it's another thing that I'm really proud of, that the, the lightweight as we now know it are pretty much... Uh, built on on bikes that are designed for commuting on or going mm. to get a pick on. Uh, the late great Joey Dunlop, his fastest ever lap around the TT circuit was on a, a factory SP1 with 124 odd mile an hour, where the lap record now for these commuting bikes are just about a one mile an hour, one and a half mile an hour off that. So it just puts it into perspective how how much development um, that has went into these bikes. Yes, the, the course is faster, but it's not it's not three mile an hour faster mm -hmm. than it was back in the day. So whenever you look at it from that point of view, what the, the speed that Philip McCall and them boys were doing on, on factory uh, 750 Hondas to with these uh, commuting bikes, it, it is pretty special. You mentioned the 2010 Superstock race against Ian Hutchinson. The final question will be this one, really. A memory that you could take as the whole of the world seems to go past the house. The final question I'm going to ask you about, 
from the Isle of Man, this place, what sort of memories will you take away from this place? When you decide, oh, I don't want to go to the TT this year, I don't want to come to the Manx Grand Prix, I don't want to come to the Southern 100, what sort of memories will you have? You know, out of all the countries I've been to in the world, I would say the Isle of Man is my, it's my favourite. You know, and I've got married, uh, you know, myself and Karen and her mum. You know, I just wanted a small do, you know, get married, you know, no big hype and, you know, there's no better place than to, to go to the Isle of Man. Uh, you know, the with all the years, <coughs> excuse me, coming over to the, the Southern Hunter, uh, Manx Grand Prix, the friends that, you know, I've made over there, just everyone about, I still love coming back. I was meant to come back this year to, you know, to ride my trials back in the two-day classic, but, you know, I'm just hoping as long as there's breath in my body that every year that I'll be able to get back to the Isle of Man and uh, either enjoy racing or competing on the trials back.